Police responded to a 911 call. Dramatic video of gun insanity in the Bronx. Police releasing a new video of a person that they are still trying to track down. Defund the police is not the answer. Many people surveyed said they just don't feel safe in the city. It's a shooting outside of a store. This is Bo Deedles. True crime. Police this morning are searching for the person who turned this Harlem platform to a crime scene. A Red Apple Media Podcast Network production. Now, here's Bo Deedle. Welcome, everybody, to Bo Deedle's One Tough Podcast True Crime Story. Now, I have a case that really haunts me, a case that I was involved with kind of from the beginning. And I was talking to my producer here, and uh, Gabby, why don't you talk a little bit about this case, what interests you about it, because Uncle Bo here, the detective, <laughs> was very involved with it. Please. So when I was doing research on this story, I've, I've known about this story for a long time. Um, I watch a lot of true crime documentaries on my own time growing up as a kid, so I've heard about this case. When I first heard about this case when I was younger, I always thought like wow how could how could her parents act like it's not that big of a deal because when I was a kid and I heard about this I know that my parents would go above and beyond and talk to whoever they needed to about whatever they needed to especially if my life was in danger and well, I well let's bring everybody this was Joan Benet this was that little girl who was six years old she was one of those beauty queens where the parents put makeup on her and all these cutesy ootsy dresses, yeah. and this is what she was. This is what she was doing. All yeah. of a sudden, the news flash out of Boulder, Colorado, that this six-year-old beauty queen, and I was in the nineties. This six-year-old beauty queen. Nineteen ninety-six. Nineteen ninety-six. She was murdered in Boulder, Colorado, and she was found in the house. But. Let's go a little deeper because I did investigate it. And you know what else, Gab? I actually went to Boulder, Colorado. I actually went into the house there. Oh, my gosh. Two, uh, two college students were renting it, and I was actually get in there. And this house is not that big of a house. So, in other words, you, if you're going to kill somebody and someone's going to scream, there's no way in the world that other people in the house don't know go by. Don't hear it. And there were exactly. a lot of particulars in this case that are really... Uh, we're going to go into the autopsy report. We're going to go into all aspects of it. I think we got to start about what happened. Supposedly, this little girl was called and uh, was killed. It was and, Christmas, the day after Christmas, right? And then there was a ransom note that was found in the kitchen. Yeah. It was a written in ransom note that was found in the kitchen. And to go right to the ransom note, these are facts. The ransom note was written on the that's still there. So that means that the alleged uh, uh, ransom kidnappers, whatever they were, waited to sit there and write a, a long ransom note in the kitchen after they killed or after they killed the little girl. And I mean, the, the odds of that is so ridiculous. And it was two pages long, too. So you're going to write a two page essay? Yeah. And, and <laughs> I mean, you're going to take the after you kill this little girl. You're going to say, all right. Now, on top of it, handwriting experts were brought in, and the handwriting was very significantly the same as the mother's handwriting. These are facts. So now when it first occurs, the parents called 911. The cops came there, and this is all factual. Cops came there. Well, we don't know where our little girls. Here's the ransom note. And now you have a ransom note that say that if you don't give me money, well, you're going to kill your little girl. But we know now 
the little girl was dead already. Mm -hmm. But so now all of a sudden the parents are there. Here's one of the clues that almost knocked me off my chair, Gabby. The father with the police there, not knowing where this little girl is, decides to leave the house to go to his office with a bag. He tells the cops, I'm going to my office. And he takes a bag out of the house. What was in that bag? Was it his friggin' lunch? Yeah. There was oh evidence in that bag. And he left and he said, I have to go to my... You're waiting to hear about your little six-year-old girl who was kidnapped. And you have the balls and audacity to leave that house. Well, that was the first clue. This jerk-off now. And I'll call you a jerk-off. I hope you're listening. And sue me, okay? I'd love to get sued. He then leaves the house. That phone could have that phone could have rang from one of the alleged kidnappers to find his little girl, right? Exactly. So now that it even gets worse. So now the cops, he comes back and he's walking around the house with the policeman. Oh, lo and behold, he opens up one of the closets. Who's there? Little Jean Bonnet's there, dead. Yep. Now let's 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 all get together about. What and we'll go into the autopsy. I want to go back to that. Yeah. So what she's doing is she's laying there. She has a massive contusion. Contusion eight on inches, her skull. Eight an eight inch fracture. That means you know what the fracture skull is. Yeah. Uh, Bo knows. I had my skull fracture. Guy hit me with a blackjack six times and yeah. it couldn't go through my head. Oh, so I mean, yeah. you got to hit this little girl with a lot, a lot of force. Yeah. So now she's there, her head was open, and she had a garrot. Now, you ever hear of a garrot? A garrot is a thing where it's a piece of twine or wire, and you turn it around, you twist it, and it gets tighter. And it was an end of a broken uh, paintbrush was part of that garrot oh around God. her neck. So she was uh, then, uh, you know, killed. Now, the, autop uh, the autopsy report comes back. Listen to this one. The autopsy, well, let's let's stay with what happened. They find the little girl, and then all of a sudden, the police are trying to talk to the parents, and the parents will not talk to the police. They hire, listen to this one, Gabby. They hire the former prosecutor of Boulder, Colorado, as their attorney, who has all <laughs> the connections in the world with the police and the prosecutor's office. So now they have this inside of what the police are doing because they hired the head prosecutor. Yep. So now with all this going on, it's a national news story. This pretty little girl, she's on every news media and all that. What do the parents do? They don't talk to the police. They hop on a plane and they head to friggin' Georgia from Boulder, Colorado without speaking to the police. And they're going back and forth. Now, this is a little girl. Say if you and my wife, God forbid, not God forbid, you and my wife, I'd be happy you'd be my wife, be my young wife. But all of a sudden, if we lost our child, what would we do, Gabby? I would do everything in my power to figure out what is going on. Detectives, whatever you need. Yes, that that's that's why when when we first started, I was saying like my if this if God forbid this was me, my parents would do everything and anything in their power to figure out what is going on. They you don't would, leave. They would not speak to the police. They had a lawyer right away, the former prosecutor. They go to uh, Georgia, and the next thing is. They tell uh, the police that we will not be interviewed separately, one. Number two is if you want to interview us, you'll interview us together. They're telling the police. They're dictating the police. Now, here's the big one. You'll give us the questions before you ask them. I never heard of anything like this. You got a little girl six years old murdered to death here, and they're dictating to the detectives how they're going to be interviewed? 
This is a friggin' insult. And anybody out there listening, you tell me this is not an insult. Now, again, we're talking about them not being interviewed. I think it was weeks later when they finally uh, agreed to do an interview with their uh, lawyer, who was the former prosecutor, where they were, had the questions ahead of time. Then they were interviewed. Right away, this, this, when I heard this, I'm saying, this is ridiculous. Now what happens is some of the photographs outside the house were light snow had fallen the night before, mm-hmm. and there were some photographs. There were no footprints Oops. in the snow, which means maybe a friggin' alien flew in on a flying saucer and jumped off. Come on, this, this is such bull crap. Now, there was one more thing. The neighbor next door, the woman remembered about 1 o'clock in the morning hearing a harrowing scream of a little girl. A scream of a little girl at 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, if she can hear it next door, the parents are in the house, the brother's in the house. What the hell? What were they, what were they on? Uh, Ambient or some shit? That's exactly. bullcrap, right? Now, so that was one of the things that jumped out to me. Now, when we, when we look at the case again, we look at the fact with the, uh, with the ransom note and all that, we look at the fact with the actions of the parents and what they did. Now I think I think we have to go to the autopsy. Now when they did the autopsy on the little Joan Benet, I read the autopsy. She had a head smashed in, like you said, yep. with the big uh, contusion, uh, fractured skull. Then she had uh, the garrote around her neck mm-hmm. where she was murdered, and then. Her hands were tied above her, her yeah. head. And then and then, what you had next was they did the autopsy of the stomach contents. And when they do an autopsy of stomach contents, they found these uh, pineapple chunks in her that were not digested. But they could give a determination of a couple of hours mm-hmm. when they were digested. And I, uh, I believe it was they felt as though the digestion of that pineapple chunks was around 11 o'clock. So men where she ate pineapple at 11 o'clock. Now, what did the father say? Well, we came home at 9 o'clock. She fell asleep, and I carried her up to her bedroom, and I put her to sleep. So that's 9 o'clock. Well, how the hell does the friggin' pineapple chunks get in her stomach at 11 o'clock? Now, the bowl that was on the kitchen table has her brother's fingerprints on the bowl. Her brother. And uh, another thing that popped out, and here it goes. There was a history of the brother, I believe, hit this daughter, the, the, the daughter, her sister, with a golf club prior to huh, this. Isn't that interesting? To show there was an anger problem. Was he jealous about her being a beauty queen? What, what was the story with her? And the son was never able to, the detectives did not speak to him. They weren't allowed out and all that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, these issues are very, very important issues. Now, I met with one of the most famous Sex Crimes DA, Linda Fairstein. She's written many, many books. She was the uh, the uh, DA that handled the nun-rape case, the famous nun-rape case mm-hmm. in East Hall with me. And I asked her about, you know, he's a young boy. He was, I think he was around 11, 12, 11 years yes, old. Yes, he was 9 years old at nine, the time. 9, 10, 11. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, he said to her, 9 or 10, whatever he was. I said, Linda, is there any chance that he could have done this erroneous? And then looking at the autopsy, she had the vaginal scarring from old vaginal scarring in her vagina, which means there was some activity of somebody doing something. And I believe 
there was some sort of a, you know, you had a paintbrush there. Mm-hmm. There was some sort of a wood uh, 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 shrading, uh, shrading a piece of wood that was also found in a vagina. Oh now, my gosh. what we're talking about is I asked Linda about what could be a motive behind this. And it was a thing of uh, uh, sibling uh, jealousy, exploration of sexuality. The first time I ever heard of it. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. So that means when you're young, but you're too young really to have orgasms and all that, you explore. You don't know exactly what you're doing, i.e. exploring. And 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 basically, my contention are, and he's never been eliminated. What I didn't like either is when his investigation was coming along, all of a sudden out of left field, the prosecutor uh, says that the father, mother, and the brother now have been eliminated. That's bullshit. When you're investigating a murder... Nobody's eliminated until you find the person that killed it. But yet, very uh, made a big news conference. We've determined we determined that that we're eliminating the father, the mother, and the son from this investigation. Total crap. Now, what comes into play is his last news conference not too long ago. Breaking new evidence. Uh, new DNA was found. Right now, the technology of DNA is so, so, so advanced. If I touched your skin right now, you'd have my DNA. Or if I touched your shirt, you'd have my DNA on you. So in reality, it says on her pajamas, there was another DNA found. Yeah, maybe the thing was made in the Philippines, and the woman or man that was folding it could be their DNA. Mm -hmm. Or in the store, their DNA. Okay, that eliminates them because you found some touch DNA? That's bullcrap. They didn't find any kind of blood, semen, or anything that was actual DNA that would defer to having another person with their bodily fluids on her. Yes. You get that? Mm-hmm. The only DNA that they're banking on is this touch DNA, which is bullcrap. Now, for some reason, again, this case had to be highlighted by the parents. Now, I always said the mother and then the father and that kid knew what happened. Absolutely. All of a sudden, now what happens? The mother dies. Now we got her gone. Now the father doesn't want to let up because this is the the, the the unsolved murder mystery that I really believe can be solved. I was hoping that this kid will see God and come across and admit to his involvement in it. Now, my idea, I don't know if you know about Cain and Abel. Did you ever hear Cain and Abel? Yes, I've heard of him. All right, what happened was they didn't want to lose both children. Right. So when they went down there and they saw that her head was cracked open, skull, she was there, they put the garrote like you'd do to a dog, put it on a bullet, and they tied the garrote to make sure she was dead. And that's what happened. And, and, And now they didn't want to lose two children, so now they put all this fluff up, they get on a plane, look, we gotta think, how are we gonna cover this thing up? What are we gonna say? And this is the biggest farce you and I challenge anybody. We go through all this evidence, 
one by one, and no one could turn away with what I'm telling you today, Gabby. I mean, are there any questions you have as far as you as a, as a person looking at this case from afar? I, you know, Bo, it's funny that you say that because I tend to agree with you. I've looked at this case so many times. I was like, well, maybe there's a possibility of, no. Everything that you look at fact-wise, evidence-wise, from what the you're ransom hearing, note. from the ransom note to the the items that were used, all of that stuff. And then the idea you, about the about the, the the what what these parents did, jump on a plane. Don't call. The, don't talk to the cops. The first, call you the prosecutor. You the first thing you would jump on a plane, go to Georgia. No, the first person that the the father called was his pilot. To make a reservation to go to Georgia. because To the private plane. Get out of there. When you do something like that, it is very obvious. It it's is very suspect exactly. that you're covering up something. Yep. And that's what I determined. The father sued CBS. They sued everybody. Yep. <clears throat> the, 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 the facts of this case are how we spoke about them. And there's nobody that could tell me any different. I investigated murders my whole life. Every... Not one one piece of evidence. So many pieces focusing us in the direction of this these parents knowing exactly what happened. Were they covering up for the son? What was the motive? Why wasn't that brought up about the son? About the son assaulting her prior? Well, Why did you also? I'm sure you saw his uh, the son's interview with uh, Dr. Phil. Well, th that's how... another fool. I wouldn't watch that fool. He knows nothing. Yeah, but I tend to agree. However. My grandma always says, you can tell a person by their eyes, yeah. right? You look somebody in the eyes, you can tell what, what they're at least about. If you look at this interview on, with Dr. Phil, with uh, Burke uh, Ramsey, he's, I believe he's 20 at that time. You, you, I don't know what it is. I feel that I can literally see in his eyes that there is something wrong with I don't know whether it's like there's... Well, you want to know something. It's what they call a sixth sense. Yes. And uh, yes. when I talk to somebody, I'm interviewing someone as a detective. You might be coming a detective. <laughs> so you, you talk to a person, you look in their eyes, and you could sense if a person is lying or not. Exactly. And I mean, this this case should have long been, uh, uh, should have long been solved. And it, it, it is such a horrific thing. My thing is, honestly... I'd love to call for a special prosecutor from the state of Colorado to open up this case with all the facts that I brought out here, present it to a grand jury, and you know what? You probably could indict the father and possibly the son at this time. Murder has no statute of limitation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, state of Colorado, you want to bring Bowman in there? I'll put my detective hat back on, and I'd like to solve this case. And I call upon all this evidence— but defunct anything I'm saying. Please defunct anything I'm saying. I want all this evidence. But here was the problem from the beginning. The cover-up began right after the murder. Mm -hmm. And they had to think, where do you, waiting for a, a kidnapper to call you back about your little six-year-old girl that was kidnapped, where do you have the balls to take your bag and say, I got to go to my office? What is more important than your little six-year-old girl that's disappeared? And this little punk went there. Go get, get my plane ready. We're going to Georgia. Your little girl was just friggin' murdered. You're flying to Georgia? Exactly. Come on. All the people listening out there, I'm sure you're, you're angry like I am because I don't like when people get away with murder. Was it an accident with the son that reacted 
when she screamed when he put something into her vagina, and that would be consistent of her scream. And then he didn't know what to do. And then he wanted to choir it up and hit her with a, hit her with a blunt instrument in the head. Is that what happened? That's what I think happened. That's because what I that think would stand also. to reason with the scream at one in the morning, digestion of the pineapple chunks at eleven. So uh, nobody in the house hearing the scream. Nobody else except the woman next door. Yeah, I I I a hundred percent agree with you. When I was looking at this case, doing research for today, I just kept sitting there and thinking like this. It it, it there's no way that this is not the son. And now here's something else, Gabby. Why does the father continuously come up with new things trying to to, to uh, disallow any more investigation? Why does the father keep coming up with this crap? Oh, we got no DNA. Yeah, you got no DNA. And I guarantee if I, if I DNA your clothes, you'll have DNA all of your clothes, even if you didn't know the person. My point is, why does he continuously do this? And that's to throw people off. And here's the, the contention. Oh, we found other DNA on uh, little Jean Bonnet's pajamas. That meant someone else was there. Bullshit. Touch DNA could be with anybody. So let's get real about it there, uh, Mr. Bonnet. Absolutely. I agree 100%. But this is one of the cases, again, that is really should be solved. I don't think, uh, you, uh, I don't think you need Dick Tracy on this one. I mean, all the avenues of what happened. And it was so protected against a proper investigation by utilizing this former prosecutor with the ties to the police. They knew exactly what the police investigation was. He was getting this information real time. So what it, what happens with something like that, you could cover up each step, cover up each step. That is... And these are the questions. I'd love Mr. Mr. John Bonet there. What's his first name? Then? His name's John. Mr. John Bonet. I'd love to do an interview with him, with me and him. That would be, huh? you have some answering to do. Yeah. He has yeah. some well, things I to mean, answer. <laughs> uh, if your listeners out there want to make uh, an interview with Mr. Deedle, uh and Mr. Jean Benet, I'd love to have an interview with, with him and ask him these questions. You'll see the man will get up for the interview and run out of the interview. Because <laughs> you know what? He'll know I nailed him on many accounts, many accounts. So this is one of the mysteries I really believe that haunts a lot of people. And I until... Someone comes forth until someone is arrested for it. Murder has no limitations. So if we're able to prove that they were acting in concert with this little girl being murdered, there's no, there's no kind of statute of limitations. So everybody could get locked up that was involved with this murder of this little girl. Justice has to come. I want to thank everybody, Gab. Uh, it's this interesting case. We'll come back with another yes. one next week. It's just funny that Bo investigated this, too. Wow. Everything. Yeah. He's the man. Well, I want to thank all our listeners out there. Again, if you have any questions and you want to send them to me, you can send them to me at bobio at investigations with an S dot com on this case on my podcast or whatever. And I thank you. We'll be back next week. I hope we have your interest peaked on this uh, murder and thank you again thank you again bye